0: If you have your Bibles, let's turn to the Old Testament, the book of Genesis, chapter 25. Genesis 25, verses 21 through 24. The Bible says, and Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife. Because she was barren, and the Lord was entreated of him, and Rebekah his wife conceived. And the children struggled within her, and she said, If it be so, why am I thus? And she went to inquire of the Lord. And the Lord said unto her, Two nations are in thy womb, and two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels. And the one people shall be stronger than the other people, and the elder shall serve the younger. And when the days and when her days to be delivered were fulfilled, behold, there were twins in her womb. The focus text is going to be verse 22. And when the children struggled together within her, she said, "If it be so, why am I thus?" And she went to inquire of the Lord. You may be seated. You ever ask that? Why? It's a fundamental question that we encounter. All the way from childhood. If you have children, you know that question very well. It seems they have a litany of why questions. Why do I have to go to school? Why do I have to get out of bed? Why don't I have a tail? (laughs) Why do grown-ups cry when they're happy? Why is the sky blue? And the list goes on and on and on. It's estimated between the ages of two and five that children will ask an average of forty thousand questions. Forty thousand questions. Now multiply that by how many children you have. That's a lot of questions. And unfortunately, they're not different questions. There may be the same questions, but it's forty thousand questions. It takes a lot of patience to be a parent. God bless you. And God give you strength. As children progress in school, the question asking declines dramatically. Perhaps the reason for that is because they're rewarded for not having the right questions, but having the right answers. When the child reaches teenage years, the questions have dwindled down to about 19 per day. 19 per day. And the same thing, it doesn't change. Your teenager comes to you and says, can I drive the car? Can I borrow the car? Can I use the car tonight? But they've just brought it down to 19 questions. Even in business, the Japanese have pioneered asking why five times to root cause an issue. I think about when I'm at work, and I'm, I'm guilty of it. I remember a conversation I was having with a uh, staff member, and I said, um, you, looking for somebody who has the right answers, the solutions, not someone who just asks questions and just complains and doesn't have any solutions, but someone who has solutions. And so that's how we're trained today. Not asking the, um, the questions, but knowing the answers. So as adults, we ask questions too. Some why questions endure from childhood well into adulthood. Have you noticed the whys that we ask Sometimes are the ones that cause the most hurts, are the ones that focus on us. Why did she leave me? Why can't I find a job? Why is this happening to me? At many funerals, this poem or some redition is offered. As we mourn our dearly departed, with mixed emotion and broken hearted, We are never prepared to say goodbye, and the ultimate question is always why. We'll question the wisdom of his ways and thirst for answer in the coming days. Somehow we seek to understand why life is forfeited upon demand. An eternal flame will light the way as we embrace your memory every day. Ye servants who pass your earthly tests grant unto them eternal rest. Rest in peace is our fervent vow of this earth that you leave now. We offer this prayer, O Lord above, in loving memory of those we love. As I was studying this, that line, the ultimate question, the ultimate question is always why. And I would have to agree with that. The ultimate question. We want to get to the bottom of it. We want to find the reasoning. What's the purpose? You have such bestseller books. I think about man's search for meaning. It's a bestseller. People are looking for the reason behind things. So when we look at our text, Rebecca's no different. Why am I thus? Some of your virgins may say, why is this happening to me? Can you sense the confusion that she must have felt? Here's Isaac. He prays, and she is a barren woman. And so in those days, you're considered barren. You're considered cursed of God. You you can't have any kids? Well, you're cursed of God. God must not like you. And so he prayed, and the Lord heard his prayer. Praise God. He heard me. But then as they go through the pregnancy, she encounters something unusual. There's a struggle. This baby is kicking a lot. This baby is punching a lot. This baby is scratching a lot. What is going on? If it be so, why am I thus? Why is this happening if it is thus, if it is true? So the baby struggled within her, and she thought that maybe the blessing was just a curse from God. Maybe it was to be the death of her. Perhaps she must have done something wrong. God must not be pleased with me, and this is my punishment. If it's so, why am I struggling? And Rebecca would not be alone in her inquiry. Throughout the Bible, We find those who ask the same question. Why? The Bible is full of people who ask this ultimate question. And the examples that are given in the Bible are not the faithless ones. They're not the notorious ones. But they're the ones that we hold in high esteem. Look at Job. Everybody knows Job. He has a a book named after him. Job, the one who endured the greatest trial, esteemed by James as patient. You've heard the patience of Job. And I'm sorry, when I, every time I read that and think about that, you've heard of the patience of Job. What do you mean he was patient? In The first two chapters, he's, he's knocking it out of the park. And then after that, from 2 to 39, it's, he's, he's complaining and his friends are, and this is what Job says. Job three eleven. He says, "Why died I not from the womb? Why did I not give up the ghost when I came out of the belly?" This is a hero of faith, and he's asking a question like this. Let's go into the next book. So you got Job, then you got David. David listen, in Hebrews eleven, hall of faith, right? The faith chapter called a a man after God's own heart in Acts. Psalm 10, 1, he says, Why standest thou afar off, O Lord? Why hidest thyself in time of trouble? David, man after God's own heart, asking why. Gideon, we know about Gideon, right? Another man listed in that famous Hebrews 11 chapter. Considered by the angel a mighty man of valor. Look at what he says in Judges 6 and 13. And Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? And where be all his miracles which our fathers told us of, saying, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. The NIV says, Gideon says, Pardon me. Talking to the pardon me. God's, God's forsaken. If, if God really loves me, if God really cares for us, then why is this happening? And I have to I have to point back to Gideon a couple of verses before. God said, you guys are messed up. Now, sometimes we don't know why something has happened. But sometimes if you get your hand caught in the cookie jar, God is going to punish. And God says, hey, you messed up. That's why this is happening. So Gideon, nonetheless, he asked that question, but the answer was already revealed a couple verses earlier. Even Jesus himself. Jesus. The author and finisher of our faith, after Hebrews 11 comes Hebrews 12. Jesus himself asked this ultimate question as one of the last sayings on the cross. Matthew 27, 46. In about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani?" That is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why hast thou forsaken me? So you see all these examples in scripture where they ask this ultimate question. Why? Why is this happening? It's not the question though that causes us to hold these people, Job, David, Gideon, Jesus in high esteem. But it's what they did after they asked why. What they did after they asked why. The message tonight is very simple. The takeaway is going to be super simple. After you ask why, pray. After you ask why, pray. It's an invitation to prayer. It's an invitation to seek him. That's what Rebecca did. She went to inquire of the Lord. She went to inquire of the Lord. Now, when it says she went, that means that she had to leave the current position she was in and go on to seek the Lord. She had to leave the why behind and seek the Lord. So you're not wrong by asking why, but sometimes we get too wrapped up in why. We need to leave why. Leave why behind and seek the Lord. Get the answer from the Lord. It's not going to be found in your own reasoning, your own thoughts, your own mindset, your own rationale. But it's only going to be found in the Lord. The psalmist said in Psalms 61 and 2, When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. He said in his word, his, his thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. So that's why we go to the Lord in prayer. Prayer is what we do after we ask why. You think about all the Christian disciplines we have that we incorporate in our lives. We have fasting, Bible reading, meditation, worship. Prayer is one of those that the Bible admonishes us to do perpetually. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 17, it says, Pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. It says always to pray. Luke 18 and 1, Jesus is teaching his disciples He spake a parable unto them, unto this end, that men ought always to pray and not to give up, not to faint, not to lose heart. Always pray. Romans 12 and 12. Continue an instant in prayer. Rejoicing in hope. Patient in tribulation. Continue an instant in prayer. What does it mean to be instant in prayer? That means to be faithful in prayer. I'm going to be consistent in prayer. Paul, when he's listing the armor of God, he says, put on the whole armor of God, right? And we know those elements, the, your loins girded about with truth, having your um, loins girded about with proof, truth, the breastplate of righteousness, feet shod with the, with the preparation of the gospel of peace, taking the shield of faith and the helm of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. How does he wrap all that? He says, praying, always. Praying, always. You just in your armor by yourself is not sufficient. You got to pray. You got to get, you got to find a place where you can be on your knees, be on your face before God and pray. We know what uh, the Bible says. If we seek his face, turn from our wicked ways, then will he hear from heaven will forgive our sins. And we'll heal our land. We're praying always. So it's okay to ask why. But don't stop at why. Inquire of the Lord and pray. Why do we pray? Well, the simple answer is he has the answer. We pray because he has the answer. This is what the word says in our text. After she inquired of the Lord, the Lord gave her the answer. Two nations are in your womb. Two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels. And the one people shall be stronger than the other people. And the elder shall serve the younger. The answer that God gives us to the why question is because there's a conflict. Because there's a war. There's a war going on. You're fighting temptation. Why? Why is that happening? Because there's a war going on. Peter tells us, sustain from fleshly lust, which wars against the soul. There's a war going on. Many times, however, God doesn't directly give us the answer as he did Rebecca. And you think about it. God told Rebecca... Hey, this is what's going on. This is why you're having these um, labor pains, these labor troubles. What was she to do with that? God didn't take it away. The Bible doesn't say she. Okay, well, uh, here's this. Um, here's the answer, and I'm going to send all that away. He didn't take it away. She got up the next morning, and the baby's kicking, and Jacob's punching, and Esau's biting, and uh, Jacob's grabbing heels, and uh, it didn't go away. There was a struggle. And can I say this? That sometimes God is not so much concerned with enveloping us from troubles and trials as he is as developing us. So many times, oh, God, we, I need to get out of here. I need to, uh, There's a lesson to be learned in that. Go through it. Get something out of it. Be strengthened. Be encouraged. We pray because he gives us the answer. But lastly, we pray because he is the answer. He is the answer. So God can give you an answer, and that's great. But when he is the answer, that takes on a whole different meaning. Jesus himself is the answer. We look in John chapter 11. We have the story of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And the Bible makes it very clear that Jesus loved this family. Jesus loved Lazarus. And we see the episode where Jesus is told, Your friend whom you love is sick. And what does Jesus do? He stays four days. And then he tells his disciples, all right, let's go see uh, Lazarus. Let's go wake him up. And his disciples are, okay, they're, they're still thinking carnally. All right, Lord, um, you know, when we go to sleep, we usually don't need any help to be woken up. Uh, King James says if he sleep, he'll, he'll do all right. He'll do well. And then Jesus had to tell him plainly, Lazarus is dead. Lazarus is dead, and I'm glad for your sakes, to the intent you might believe. So Jesus goes to Mary, Martha, and Martha, Martha gets a bad rap because she, she, she goes to him and she's, Lord, if you had been here, if you had been here, my brother had not died. But even now, that's what she said. I don't know why people are are so hard on Martha. She's, She's a woman of faith. She says, even now, I know that whatever you ask, it will be given to you. Jesus reveals to Martha that he manifested himself as the resurrection. Jesus said, brother will rise again. Here's Martha full of faith. I know he will rise again in the resurrection the last day. But what did Jesus say unto her? He said, I am the resurrection. I am the answer. I not only can give you an answer, but I myself am the answer. I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me though he were dead, yet Shall he live? After we ask why, we pray because Jesus is the answer. Not only can Jesus give us an answer of peace, but he is our peace. He is the prince of peace. That's why we go to pray. That's why we go to seek God. For life's toughest questions... Logical and rational answers will only satisfy, but so much. But when you get on your knees, when you get on your knees and pray, and when you say, "Lord, I, I, I don't know the answer. I don't know what's going on. I don't. Why is this happening?" But Lord, I seek you. Lord, I'm coming after you. I'm not giving up on you. I'm pushing forward. I'm leaving my wise behind. Lord, you're eternal. You're infinitely wise. And there are going to be some, there are going to be some tears. There's going to be some crying nights. The Bible says weeping may endure for a night. You're going to have to endure for a night, but joy, but joy, but joy comes in the morning. So what do you do after you ask why? You pray. That's all we got. You pray. I wish I could give you something Deep philosophical and some Greek and pull out my lexicon and say, well, this is what you do. But after you ask why, you pray. There are going to be things that come in your life that I don't know. I don't know how to answer. We pray. And we that have the Holy Ghost, we got an extra benefit. We can pray in the spirit when we don't even know what to pray. Man, Calvin told me I need to pray, but I don't even know what to pray. I just get in the spirit and I pray with groanings which cannot be uttered. And I say, Lord, I I don't know what to say. I don't know what to pray, but here's my mouth, here's my tongue. And make intercession for me with groanings which cannot be uttered. What do you do after you ask why? You pray. Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for your word, which endures forever. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God shall stand forever. I thank you, Lord, that you took time to teach us how to pray. You taught us to be persistent in prayer. You told us not to lose heart. You told us not to give up. You told us to be instant, being faithful in prayer. And, Lord, we pray right now, O Lord. I pray for those who are struggling. I pray for those who are weak. I pray that you would strengthen them. I pray that you would reveal yourself to them. I pray that you would be their comfort. That you would be their peace, O Lord Jesus. That you would stand by them, O Lord Jesus. As you stood by Paul in that prison cell. That you would be with them, O Lord Jesus. Let the peace of God, which passes all understanding, Let it be a guard. Keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for your spirit which dwells in us. I thank you, Lord, that we can call unto you, Abba, Father, we are your children, we are your people, we are the sheep of your pasture. And Lord, we thank you that you are the answer, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Could we all stand? Prepare for this message. I I like, uh, you you like deep things of God. And God was, he said, I want to invite you. You want something deep from me, something so simple. You get on your knees and you pray. You seek my face. You pray for that family that you haven't seen. You pray for that loved one that hasn't come through the doors in a while. You pray for that person who's sick and wishes they could be here. You stand in the gap for that person. Here's an invitation you want to go deep, it's in prayer. You can't think your way through it. And I, I'm all for studying the word of God and, and quoting scriptures and knowing what it means, but prayer. Out of all the disciplines, instant in prayer, continue in prayer, pray without ceasing, let a life be of prayer. There's so many challenges that have come your way. And you can't rationalize your way through it, you got to get on your knees. You got to seek the face of God and pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You're our Father. What time we're afraid we can trust in you, O Lord Jesus. come to you in prayer oh Lord Jesus you can stand by us oh Lord Jesus hallelujah 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 Jesus I worship you and give you glory oh Lord Jesus I worship and give you glory oh Lord Jesus I thank you Lord for the faithful saints in this church oh Lord Jesus which have been examples for us to pray oh Lord faithful, consistent, oh God. Thank you, Lord, that we can follow in those steps, oh God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.